This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I am Holly Snape from Community Waikato and would like to welcome Heather Moore today. How are you, Heather? I am very well, thank you. From Volunteering Waikato. Yes. Uh, and now you've been there a long time now. I have. This is my fifteenth year. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a you know, that's a stalwart. That's a an absolute <laughs> commitment. It's marvellous actually, though, because I know you will have seen a lot of changes in in the sector over that period of time and, and changes in the ways that people volunteer. And today yes. we're really going to be talking about volunteering generally. So what volunteering is, uh, what it's kind of made up of. We'll look at how that impacts the sector that you know, we, we work in. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a bit of your training and we'll have a bit of a chat about what 2022 looks like for you guys and, and people who may want to volunteer in the coming year. Absolutely. So that's us today. Let's start first of all, though, with a bit of background. You're saying 15 years you've been with Volunteering Waikato. Yes, yep. In that time, how have you seen the organisation change? Technology's played a huge part in how we recruit and refer volunteers. Yeah. Uh, and also in how people look for volunteering opportunities. Um, before, you know, people would likely give us a call, they would come in and have a chat with us. Now they're much more likely to go online and look for, you know, an opportunity that meets their needs, an opportunity uh, in the town that they're in. So one of the big differences is when I started 15 years ago, every volunteer that wanted to volunteer through us came in met with us, had a chat and was referred. So came into Hamilton, do you mean, or did you go out to those communities as well outside of Kirikiridoa? So when I first started, um, we had a... um, uh, the organisation had had a satellite office in Tiamutu and in Cambridge. Um, But, yeah, no, we pretty much just worked in Hamilton. Uh, So probably after I'd been there a couple of years, we introduced our first uh, online portal so people could look for roles... You would have been um, revolutionary at the time. Yeah, there was only probably one or two other volunteer centres. Oh, there was only one volunteer centre in New Zealand doing that, which was Christchurch. Uh, they had a pretty rudimentary system. Uh, so, yeah, we were able to develop a really cool online portal, which now would be really outdated. Yeah. But the the big difference that made is that we could work with people right around the whole region yeah whereas before it really was Hamilton and nearby yeah someone doesn't want to drive to Hamilton from Thames for an interview to be referred back to a voluntary role in Thames yeah Yeah. I can totally understand that and I can imagine what a massive difference that has been able to make you also have got staff um, who do a little bit of that traveling too to maintain some of that that relationship that connection as well yes yeah one of our team members um Chris is our regional advisor, so she uh, holds the responsibility of uh, looking after the, our members that are based outside of Hamilton. So, so 
in other times, <laughs> in a normal week, she would probably, three days out of the week, she would go to a different town each day, go to network meetings, visit organisations, see if they need any support, talk to them about their volunteer needs, um, and, yeah, just kind of check out what was happening in that community. So, yeah, it's a little bit different at the moment. We're doing a little bit less of that, that yeah. travel, but we're hoping to get back out there. Yeah, we're the same. Mm. <laughs> so totally understand that. Yeah. Last year has been peculiar, and I just wanted to get a sense of what that did to volunteering. Um, you know, if you could identify a couple of themes, and I'm sure there were some that came through, what was 2020 and 2021 or the impact of those years on volunteering? Yeah, and, and 2020 and, and 2021 have both been quite different years. In 2020, when we first went into lockdown, we had a lot of people coming forward wanting to volunteer to help out however they could and mostly that was in the food security area Mm. people were wanting to you know deliver the food parcels make up make up the food parcels anything to do with food go grocery shopping deliver groceries Uh, so we had a lot of people who volunteered and I think at that time most people didn't kind of understand or hadn't thought about how long this was going to be that this is this is here for good now. This yeah. isn't just a thing that's going to happen in 2020. So one of the differences with this year is that when we've gone into lockdown and since then, the numbers of people applying for roles has has dropped quite a bit. And I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting and seeing. Mm. They were up and you know, when we were in level four and then three, people had no concept of how long that was going to be for, when it was going to hit their town. Um, do they actually want to put themselves out there? And, and and you know, what are the different level? We, we understood mm. the different levels, but then what does the traffic light mean? Yeah. So so people have just kind of been waiting and seeing. And um, now that that's settled a bit, we're noticing an increase again in the number of people, you know, wanting to get back out there and volunteer in their community. Are there themes again around how they want to volunteer? You know, you see that you saw a massive spike in wanting to volunteer originally around food. Are you finding that settling and going back to more original patterns of wanting to volunteer, or are there still some areas of particular interest? Look, I think the the most popular type of role that we have are events. People love to volunteer for an event, and the problem this year. Yeah. is that most of the events have been cancelled. Yeah. So, you know, we, we recruited a couple of hundred volunteers for the Special Olympics um, Summer Games, um, which were then postponed. Uh, so just about every mm. event, um, you know, Christmas gift wrapping is still, that was able to go ahead. Um, we recruited volunteers to put up the Christmas tree, but a lot of the other events that we would normally yeah. be having, uh, this you know, in the, in the last few months of 2021, uh, you know, were sadly cancelled or postponed. So under the traffic light system, it certainly seems that that won't be the case. So events will start going ahead again based on the vaccine passport system. So yes. I imagine you'll start seeing those activities come back. Is is the passport proposed passport system, we're still learning some details, yes. but is that proving to be a concern or challenge with regard to recruiting volunteers? So have you thought about those processes? Yeah, look, it's, I think a lot of organisations are still going through what does this mean for us? Um, do our staff need to be vaccinated? Do our yeah. volunteers need to be vaccinated? 
do we see clients? Do those clients have to be vaccinated? Are yeah. we happy for people who are not vaccinated to come into our premises? Yeah. So people are still kind of grappling with that. And what we're encouraging organisations to do is if your voluntary role requires vaccination, to add that you know, when you, when you are recruiting. Yeah. So when they list a role on, on our website, uh, if vaccination is a requirement, it should say so and it should say why. I'm wondering, and you probably don't know the answer to this yet because this is still such a moving beast. Under a green um, traffic light, everything's kind of essentially open, so there may an event may not need people to be vaccinated. But if we suddenly went into orange or red, absolutely they would be in order to be able to have uh, gatherings of over a hundred. So, like, do you know if 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 a recruiter could kind of say? Um, you would need to be vaccinated should we be in this level or are they likely just to say, you know what, we just need a vaccine passport to make sure we can go forward regardless of... I'm not sure in regards to the people that attend the events, but I would imagine that most organisations, by the time these events start coming around, will have a policy that either all of their team need to be vaccinated or that certain team members need to be vaccinated based on their role. Mm. And I imagine that that will be a policy for the organisation rather than for a specific event. Yeah. 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 Maybe different around who can attend or not. Yeah. And that, of course, will be uh, related to where the event is held as well. Absolutely. You know, an event that's going to be held at Claudelands um, will, will require vaccination. Yes. You know, the Christmas parade down Victoria Street at the end of 2022... May not. Yeah, 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 you can't really um, control who turns up on a public street. Well, yeah, absolutely. Or perhaps the balloons or some of those types of events. Yes. Are you finding organisations asking you about this now? Are they asking what can we ask of our volunteers? Yeah, absolutely. And we're very, um, we're very careful to point people in the direction of the official advice. Um, We are not legally trained. Mm. Uh, We have on our website, we we have links to information that volunteering New Zealand is collating and updating as it goes. So we don't all need to be providing individual um, support, but we need to know where to send uh, people people to. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's excellent advice as well. And that way you get you get the correct advice also. That's right. We're helping people with, you know, when they list a role on our website, we might contact them and go, mm, is vaccination a requirement? Mm. And we might help them with the wording of that for the website. Um, but, yeah, we're pretty careful to stay away from, you know, employment advice or yes. anything legal because we're not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you were to summarise um, what 2021 has been for you as an organisation, um, what would you say? Well, I've, I feel like we've been surfing. You yeah. know, there's been a lot of waves um, that we've mm. that we've had to ride. And, and I think, you know, our mindset, particularly after... After last year, you know, when when we went into lockdown and tried to work out how we work from home, we'd never done that before. So this year, you know, it, it was it wasn't new. We we mm. knew what to do. We knew how to do it, and we just tried to be as res, uh, you know tried to respond be as agile as we could. So we would um, keep our fingers in all the networks, um, mm. listen for people saying we need support, and then do what we can to provide that support. So a really good example is, you know, you go into lockdown, suddenly there's an increased need for food. Um, and some of the places that deliver food had some of their volunteers stood down um, yeah. because of the age or... Vulnerability. Um, yes, the health. Mm. or So we were able to provide 
additional, you know, drivers or food mm. packers. So, you know, we just kept abreast of what was happening in the community and responded as well as we could. Uh, and luckily, you know, given that our recruitment and referral portal is an online portal, yeah. we were able to continue providing our services. The, the one area that's been mostly affected, I think, for us is around corporate and team volunteering. So most of the corporate and team opportunities um, didn't go ahead or, you know, businesses aren't going to release their staff, um, mm. perhaps in level three to volunteer. Uh, so so that's, that's Changed been down. the landscape a little bit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit about some of the training you guys provide for organisations, yeah. and we're going to talk. We're going to look forward. We're going to look forward into twenty twenty two. Do some um, some stargazing, <laughs> some predictions, <laughs> which is dangerous in these times. Um, but we'll have a bit of, bit of bit of a chat about what the future looks like. you to know 
we're back with Heather Moore, volunteering Waikato, uh, talking about volunteering and we were just reflecting on what the last couple of years have been like and we're going to turn our attention to what the future looks like. But before we do that, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, the training you do and this has been um, a, quite a key part of your organisation's role is working with organisations who work with volunteers. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is you do and why you're doing that training? Yeah, part of our role is supporting those who are in a you know volunteer coordination or volunteer management role. So recruiting, training, supporting, retaining volunteers is really different than, than working with paid staff. There's a lot of different things to consider. Yeah. And I think if people don't understand that, then they're much more likely to lose volunteers. And, and we notice with some organisations that they're constantly recruiting to replace those who are leaving. So we provide some training workshops. Uh, one of the differences now since 2020 is we um, currently are providing them all online. Mm. And these are all workshops that are aimed at those who are working with volunteers. So, we, you know, we've got workshops in volunteer retention, um, uh, in recruitment, mm. we've got one called. When we say to people, "What kind of training workshop do you want?" They always say, "We want a workshop in dealing with difficult volunteers." Oh, funny. We yeah, we kind of go. Maybe it's not the volunteer that's being difficult. Yeah. yeah so we have a workshop called um, uh, "Doing the Difficult Stuff Well." So that's nice. about the hard conversation. Sometimes it's about you know how do you move people when they're mm. in a role that they shouldn't be in or that they should no longer be in. Um, and we also do a workshop around measuring the impact of volunteers in your organisation. Mm. So it's not a general, how does your organisation measure impact? It's how do you measure the impact of your volunteer programme? And next year we've got a new workshop coming as well, which is following on from volunteer recruitment. It's focusing on the, the process and the paperwork so when you when you were recruiting a volunteer, what do you need to have in place? So that'll cover stuff like volunteer agreements, um, the confidentiality checks, whether you need to do a police or a ministry of yeah. justice check, whether you should do reference checks or not, depending on the role. So it will cover all of those. So that'll be that'll be uh, a little further into the year because we're still developing that workshop. But the first three, um, the recruitment, the doing the difficult stuff well and um, retention, they're up on our website already um, with some dates for kind of March, April, May. Oh, great. So people can already start signing up. Yeah, they, they can see them. They can't sign up yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they can put them in their diary. That is absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so is it a little different, you know, because when we're talking about this, we do just kind of need to talk about it in a blanket term. But I'm wondering, is there a difference between working with teenage volunteers to working with 70-year-old volunteers? Yeah, it, it's interesting because sometimes organisations say to us, oh, we can't get younger volunteers. And yet the biggest demographic that, that comes to the Volunteering Waikato portal um, is those, you know, probably between about 17 and 30. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it's also with any diversity, organisations need to make sure that people coming into their organisation are comfortable. Yeah. That their opinions are heard and are valued. Yeah. 
Um, but also, it's all about getting to know your volunteer. Yeah. Because the 70-year-old volunteer might be there for a completely different reason than the 18-year-old volunteer. So if you know why they're there, what they want to gain, and mm-hmm. what they want to contribute, then you're much more likely to, to keep people. So you're, you're trying to help these organisations become volunteer-ready. Yes. So that they know how to support. And because and, I suppose a volunteer is also there to get something back. It's not about money. That's but, right. But they're there for some reason, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, motivations are different for lots of people. They might be there for work experience or to use the skills that they're learning on an academic level. Yeah. They they might be there because they're somehow isolated and they want to kind of build a community around them. They might be there because they care about a particular mm. cause or, you know, they're... they're Someone helped me in the past, so I want to pay that back. There's all kinds of different reasons. And so that's interesting because that's what motivates them to start. And so then your role as a, an organisation is to figure out what will motivate them to stay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that could be the challenge. But that's really cool. I think that's that's um, well worth organisations thinking about. And, and I imagine um, participating, particularly in the, the difficult, um, doing difficult things well, I think, is kind of key to that success isn't it yes it is and and sometimes that's about uh, managing relationships between your volunteers as well so you know you're you're again generalizing you know you the volunteers who are in the older age bracket and we need to be really careful that that they understand that those who are in the much younger age bracket are highly educated and skills they've got different Skills and education, yeah. So the the skills that a that a young person can bring into an organisation are quite different, yeah. And they're equally of value. And it's not always technology. It's not always technology. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes we default um, to our younger generation to deal with the technology, but they actually, you're right. They bring so many other um, skills and attributes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's turn then to 2022 and what it looks like for you guys. What 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 are you thinking or what are you planning for the coming year? So, yeah, there's a couple of things that we that we want to focus on in the coming year. Um, one is from from a you know structural point of view for our organisation. Um, we we're looking at our advertising and marketing, our branding. Um, so we're doing some work to to kind of. Get our profile right and then get our profile out there even more. Because mm. the more people that know about us, the more organisations we can support and the more volunteers that we can recruit and, yeah. and refer. Um, we're looking at... I mean, look, one of the things we're super hopeful of is that all these events that got postponed this year will happen. Oh, I think they will. I absolutely yes. think they will. Mm. Yeah, because there's some, you know, the Special Olympics, that was mm. that was a huge event. They had 600 volunteers to run that. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's hoping to go ahead similar time, like December of next year. Um, the, the ICC Women's World Cup cricket mm. in March, you know, fingers crossed for that. Um uh, no one wants to miss out on balloons. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, there are lots of events. But also to um, organisations that had to cancel appeals. Yeah, yes. yeah, we saw a lot of those happen, eh? Um, and some of them happened in, like, the Pink Ribbon Appeal. Couldn't happen anywhere that was Level 3, um, but was able to have... We were still able to recruit volunteers for areas outside of Hamilton mm. and the areas that were in Level 3. 
But yeah, a lot of organisations had to completely cut their appeals. Um, so hopefully they can go ahead yeah. and we can support them with volunteers. Um, I mean, that's, that's exciting. Um, that will mean a lot to those organisations, absolutely. Um, so, so you've got some excellent training coming up. So that's brilliant, some stuff already on the website, but new modules being developed. So yes, know, that's, yep. that's going to be a, a neat shift. <laughs> yes. What about you travel around the region? Um, what's your thinking around um, reconnecting, I suppose, with some of those communities that it's been harder to, to visit in person? Yeah, we're really keen to do that. You know, even even when there are networks that, that can hold their network meeting partially online and partially in person, our preference where possible um, would be to, to be there in person. Yeah. It's it's different being able to, you know, have the little side conversations yeah. and chatting to people before and after the meeting. You miss that in an online meeting. Yeah. So, you know, there might not be so much travel I guess some meetings might continue just online um, but we're pretty keen to get back out there and you know see how we can support the community more. I think we're all excited about what it's going to look like because it does feel like it's going to be a little bit more like what it has been in the past yes. <laughs> even with some restrictions. We don't have much time left but I did want to leave a little time to ask you about how people might get in touch so if, if you're someone wanting to volunteer how yep. would they get in touch with you and what do they need to know? So I think I think if people are thinking about volunteering, it, it, it's clear, it's good to be clear on what is it that you want to gain. If you're not sure if you want an ongoing commitment, look in the events category. Yeah. Um, if or, or look for a role that's kind of a short-term project. If you're wanting work experience or something for your CV, then pick the best role to meet that need yes um if you're not sure what kind of role you can go onto our website which is just volunteeringwaikato.org.nz and you can have a look around Mm. um you can enter the town that you're in you can enter the type of role that you want um if you're not sure just put the town you're in yeah and then everything will come up and you can scroll through and that's right um, you can you can give us a call. Um, our number is eight three nine three one nine one, and we can we can help people to make you know to to identify what might be the best role and to make mm. a choice around you know where they want to uh, give their time. But also you know we can talk people through around you know what they might need to consider. Um, you know we have a team of people that. Uh, interview so so for depending on where we are in a traffic light people will be able to come in and sit down and have a chat with us so if that's your preference then we can do that as well absolutely brilliant so just check out the website google volunteering wakato if you need it will come on up um that's us for our show today awesome thank you so much you're welcome you've been listening to connect with community wakato free fm 89.0 episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.